If you could create one powerful change at work, what would it be? Would you change the way oncologists view your role and develop a successful head and neck cancer program for patients before, during, and after their treatment? Maybe you would change the way your clinical director values your services and gets them to approve funding for tools and continuing education the same way they fund PT and OT. Or maybe you would change the way oral care and thickened liquids are managed at your facility and be the reason behind reducing rates of aspiration pneumonia thanks to the protocols you implement. Whatever the change may be, I have good news. You can make it happen in the next six months. You're invited to join the Changemakers Collective, a strategic mentorship program starting this June. I'm looking for medical SLPs who want to make some serious change at work or in their community, the kind of change that has a ripple effect. Throughout the six-month program, you'll develop a tangible goal and receive step-by-step guidance to achieve that goal. Don't have a specific goal in mind yet, but know that something needs to change. Our mentors can help you iron out the details. This includes 18 group mentor calls for advanced ASHA CEUs, templates, a private community, and high-touch support for high-level goals. Go to www.medslpcollective.com forward slash changemakers to learn more. Again, that's www.medslpcollective.com forward slash changemakers. On this episode of the Swallow Your Pride podcast, we have John Hollihan. He's a president and founder of Simply Thick LLC and an inaugural member of the ITSI Hall of Appreciation. He is also a member of the Canadian ITSI Reference Group and a founder of the U.S. ITSI Reference Group. Mr. Hollihan is also the inventor of the company's original patented thickener, Simply Thick. Mr. Hollihan has worked with thickeners not just in healthcare, but for his entire business career. And over the years, Mr. Hollihan has presented to various long-term care trade organizations on the topics of ITSI, dysphagia, thickeners, and rheology. This includes training and presenting ITSI to over 3,000 people. Outside of the business world, Mr. Hollihan has been married for over 25 years to his college sweetheart. They have three wonderful kids and a pair of dogs. Just for fun, because they didn't think they had enough to do, they also host exchange students from Brazil and Spain, and he can be found either driving to or from kids' events or cheerleading on the sidelines. John's volunteer work includes being a Boy Scout leader, robotics coach, and a church leader, and somehow in the middle of it all, he finds time to run very slowly. So thank you, John. I hope you all really appreciate this conversation. Um, John's been such a good a good buddy of mine, a good supporter of this podcast, and in this episode, you will hear all about a book that uh, he and his sales team wrote during COVID. Um, so it's a really, it's a really cool project, but uh, we also will be giving away, giving away a signed copy of his book. And I will also include a copy of my book. So you're having trouble swallowing uh, and we'll be doing that giveaway over on Instagram. So look out for that in the next few days. And John, thank you for everything. And I hope you all enjoy this conversation. Welcome to the Swallow Your Pride podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Richard. I'm a board-certified specialist in swallowing and swallowing disorders and founder of the MetaSLP Collective and MetaSLP Education. This podcast is dedicated to delivering the latest evidence-based practice to medical SLPs everywhere, while also recognizing that medical SLPs everywhere are doing the best with what they've got. Whether you are a new clinician seeking tangible tools for therapy or a seasoned vet stuck in a rut, my goal is simple, to help you advance your practice without feeling overwhelmed or underappreciated. This means that together we'll build confidence, broaden your knowledge, and reignite your passion for our field. So if you're listening, I encourage you to swallow your pride and be open to new ideas because at the end of the day, you and your patients deserve that kind of support. With that, let's dive in. 
Just a quick disclaimer that all statements and opinions expressed in this episode do not reflect on the organizations associated with the speakers and are their own opinions solely. Good afternoon, John. Hey, Teresa. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for joining me. So lovely to see you again. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, once again, it's, it's a great opportunity and I always enjoy talking to you. Yeah, same. All right. So tell the people who you are. Uh, I'm John Hollihan. I am the founder of SimpliFec. Uh, so it's, it, when we're recording this, it's May of 2022. So that, that means that, no, it's not. It's May of 2023. So 22 years ago, <laughs> in, in May of 2001, I graduated with my MBA and I had this crazy idea to make a, a better thickener. And I went ahead and started the company and we had our first child and my wife quit her job and we went ahead with this on this crazy adventure and just a week or so ago my daughter graduated from college. So it's been quite the long journey getting to where we are today. Oh, that's wild. Wild, wild, wild. I know it's it's like it's such a I, what is that saying? It's like the days are long but the years are short and I think it's exactly. like so true. I my little exactly. daughter drives me mad all the time, but she's almost 4 and I'm like this is bananas. So 4. I know. I know. I would not have guessed she's 4. I know. I know. Okay. All right. We can talk about that. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Let's dive in. Why are you here today, John? What do you want to talk about? Well, really, I wanted to come on and just share with you and the audience a little bit about the book writing pro- process and to let everybody know that, that we finished a book on how to make Etsy compliant dishes. Yes. Um, and we wrote a book from the, from the perspective, or I should say targeted more towards the home user or the small volume user, because really what happened to me one of the first things that happened was my daughter had oral surgery and it was one of those ones where they were like, we could break her jaw. We don't want her to chew on foods. We're going to put her on a soft, no chew diet for three weeks. And I was like, what's a soft, no chew diet? I mean, I work in this business. I kind of know a lot about diets and the doctor just sort of said, what's a soft, no chew diet. And they handed me one of those. I'm sure you hand them out too, right? Like a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy of a list of (laughs) here's some examples. And then I even came home and I looked on the internet and I was, I was like, I, I can't find any good examples of what a soft no chew diet is or more importantly, how to take the food that I'm making at home today and to process it so that she could eat it. And so that was just one thing that was going on. And then the other thing that was going on is my team, because this is in the middle of the pandemic and they were sitting at home and they, they were working on how to redo our recipes to be ITSY compliant. And they started to find certain tools and techniques that were very common in putting them together. And I, and it just kind of came to me that like Etsy has these handouts that you can give to consumers, but it's just like that list I got. Yeah. And it tells people what the result is, but it doesn't really give them the tools and show them how to do things to make Etsy compliant food. Yeah. And so I started to think about it from the perspective of my mother-in-law. And I want to be clear that my father-in-law doesn't have dysphagia and doesn't need this, but she was kind of the person I was thinking of who has cooked for her family her whole life. Food is one of the things she does so well. And if one of her family members had dysphagia or needed to be on a minced and moist diet, she would want to know how to do it, how to do it right, how to make sure it was testing properly and all that stuff. But she wouldn't have the tools necessarily laid out for her in a way that would make sense to her. Yeah. And so I wanted to bring everything together into one resource where somebody like my mother-in-law could pick it up and read it and understand what ITSY is, understand what the test methods are, understand why we're doing it, and more importantly, how to take that food that she's made her whole life 
and that, you know, whoever the family member is, you know, what they think of the chicken is, you know, the best chicken in the world. How to take that chicken and process it to a minimum moist level five yeah. or whatever the diet happens to be. Yeah. And so we started on this process and <laughs> I think the last time I was on your uh, podcast, I said something boldly like, oh yeah, we're going to do this. And <laughs> if I hadn't said that, I might've given up because it's a lot more work than you expect. Yes. It takes a lot more time. And that was kind of the, the whole thing, bringing it together is I, I had the team working on our recipes. I had this experience with my daughter and it just kind of came together. Where I was like, we could make something so that somebody who was really motivated would be able to make the food that people love and that they're used to because nobody makes food like your mom, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or, or your spouse, and this is just what you're used to. And so how do we take it and process it into these new global standards that are out there? Yeah. And so the result is this cookbook, Modern Dysphagia Cooking. Awesome. And yeah. it, it was a very long process to get us there, but we're really proud of it because it's written from that perspective, how to allow somebody to make food for their loved ones at home. Awesome. I love it. I actually, I had a patient at the hospital a few weeks ago and she, I, I recognized her because I had, had her a few months ago too. And we sent her home on thickened liquids. And thus I said, when this, when she came back in, I said to the son, like, has she been staying on that diet? And he was like, no, cause none of us could figure it out. And I was like, oh. and I remember we gave her one of the, one of your simply thick kits. We have a bunch of the kits at the hospital yep. we gave her one. And I spent a lot of time with the daughter talking about it, but the son was like, we just, we do all the cooking, but she used to be a great cook and, you know, she just wanted st- things a specific way. And we just, we ended up just giving up on it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so yes, yeah, that's not an uncommon experience right. is you got to make it easy and you got to help people understand. Right. One of the side, I guess, benefits of this, or one of the things that helped me as we were going along is at the same time, we were also doing webinars yeah. and, you know, we've evolved now where we, we even have a webinar that's it's about food prep and we just show people this is how easy it is because I feel like a lot of people feel like itsy is, is very daunting. Yeah. And they have to change a lot of things. And so we do a two hour webinar uh, every couple, three months now. Well, maybe every six months and we just show people these techniques. And once we show them the techniques and then they understand, Oh, it's really not that big of a deal. Then they're able to get out, get on and start doing the food. And, and these are healthcare people. These aren't, consumers at home. These are hospitals and nursing homes that are just coming along on their itsy journey. And we're happy to show them the techniques because we've learned it. Yeah. And it seems kind of simple to us, but so we always have to remember and focus on the end user and think, what's it look like if you're on the other side of this for the first time? And I always do, I always do when we give out the kids, I always say like, please feel free to contact the company if you need any help with this. And, you know, I mean, cause we just have a few minutes, like literally in the radiology suite, just like giving them a little overview of it. And, you know, I'm like, just reach out to the company. They're more than happy to help you. But yeah, I think the food stuff is daunting if you don't, you know, this is my own personal opinion. So take it for what it is. But I think when you look at like the itsy pyramid, sometimes it's overwhelming because you might think you have to fit all of those parameters. And then people realize, no, you just are in one box and you only have to worry about your own, you know, sort of quote unquote prescription. So I think that's the, I think that's where some people get, it's where I got overwhelmed, but yeah. Right, right. There's, there's common things and then it's figuring out which box you're in. Yeah. And then, you know, the test methods are a little different and the, and the resources are a little different, but once you get them down, it, it's pretty easy. 
but yeah. it's easy to slip into lingo. Yeah. You know, when you write a 200 page book and you have to remember to write both the full name and the level in every sentence, it's. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you want to get into your abbreviations and you're like, no, nope, this is. And so the whole time I'd have that pictured in my head, you know, somebody like my mother-in-law who's reading this the first time that, you know, this is a tool to help them. Yeah. And, you know, at this, like I said, at, at the same time, we were finding, uh, my team, again, it's pandemic. I had 20 something salespeople sitting at home, not much to do. Uh, they couldn't come into facilities. Nobody wanted to see them. And, you know, by definition, they're the type of people who need some interaction and need something yeah. to do. So uh, they were reworking these recipes and they were getting very frustrated because they were getting different results and they're all in different homes and they can't see what they're doing. So one of the things they had to do was first sit down and say, all right, we're all going to buy the same food processor. And then that took care of a lot of the variability, getting the same food processor, making sure their blades were sharp, and then having long discussions about how big of a bit is acceptable. It, you know, what's what's really smooth really mean when you're pureeing a, a chicken or something like that? And then they started to see these common issues and common solutions. The common issues you're going to find in a minced and moist five or a pureed food is that you're going to have loose liquid, thin liquid that's running around. And it's going to fail an itsy test because you pick it up and something drips or you put it on a plate and something's running. That's a mixed consistency. So you don't want that. So what's the solution? It's to figure out a way to thicken that thin liquid. Um, and the solution we came up with was really you can use a level four, maybe a level three liquid if you're lucky, but a level four liquid mixed in there. Extremely thick stock is sort of our solution. You, you take vegetable stock or chicken stock or whatever, whatever makes sense for your house or your facility and you just have it there and it's thick. So if you see loose liquid, you spray some in, mix it in and it sops up that liquid and no longer is it dripping. And then where the flexibility comes in, because again, we were thinking about people at home is the recipes are written, use extremely thick stock or a level four that's appropriate. So. Um, and the example I like to use, this is me personally, is I love when I have pulled pork, for example. To me, it's really barbecue sauce with some pork in it. Uh, you, that's how I like it. I like that barbecue sauce just mixed in all over. My wife does not at all. She likes pulled pork, and then she can dip a little bit in her barbecue sauce. Now, if I give you a recipe to make minced and moist uh, pulled pork or pureed pulled, pulled pork, I'm going to have to make a decision. Which way am I going to make it? And so that's why we went with the generic use a level four extremely thick liquid because in my case, use the barbecue sauce. Just take the barbecue sauce, mix that in. It's going to be great. In my wife's case, you want to use extremely thick stock and put some barbecue sauce on the side. Both of those are completely acceptable solutions to Etsy, but it's the flexibility and it's the thinking of understanding the framework you're working in, what the test results are, what the issue is, and how to put it all together. And those were the solutions my team was coming up with. And that's where we started to see, okay, we have a few techniques that are just, they're solving all these problems every time. So we should begin to put these together. Yeah. So it's much more than just a cookbook, John. I think saying a cookbook yeah. is an injustice. Yeah. And that's why we call it modern dysphagia cooking, because that's what it is. It's about how do you approach this issue of you need to prepare food um, to these international standards. And, and that's the other thing, to make sure people at home are really doing what you in, in clinic are saying, this is what we want you to eat. And here's why, and they can understand. And, you know, a lot of times you get home and you look at those handouts and you're like, now what did she say? And so 
here in the book, we try to put everything together. We have the background, we have the techniques we're using, why we're using ITSI, what ITSI is, the recipes, we go through the sauces, we go through each of the different levels, four, five, and six. We even included the ITSI detailed descriptors and testing methods documents as appendixes, so they don't have to go online and read anything. It's all there in the book for them to be able to make this at home awesome. and, and to prepare it that way. And, you know, and then to show people, <laughs> we didn't really make a big deal of it, but every picture in here is a dish prepared by somebody on my team and then photographed. Yeah. So these are not stock images. These are not stuff we downloaded. This is stuff we made and we photographed. I think at one point there was like 9,000 photos. Oh my God. That, that somebody on my team had to sort through and decide what's the best one. So, you know, I, I know you can see the one on the cover, right? That, that pureed steak. That's a level four pureed steak. And he painted little grill marks on there so that it would look more like a steak. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's, that's the type of care and attention you can put into it if you have the time, energy, and desire. Yeah. Is you can make some great looking stuff and, and have stuff that, that tastes really good. Yeah. Um, one of the, and obviously the reason to do all of this is to get nutrition in people, right? Mm-hmm. And so we had a chapter written by one of the RDs on my team and it's all about nutrition. What's important? What if you need to add calories? How can you sneak more calories in here? What are the techniques and strategies? So it has the dietary consult consult built into it to help people add more calories. So if the person only eats half of it, they're still getting more calories because we all know getting the calories in is really important. And one of the other things we were looking at, and I sent you this, was this, um, it's a, it's a little study from Rush University. It was really a poster a few years ago and they just found a tremendous increase in calories when they shaped food instead of giving the plop. And they did it in their facility where for a while they used one method and the other, they they only did geometric shapes. They weren't even getting fancy, just making squares or circles, improving the visual appeal of the food. You can get like, I think it was 500 calories a day increase, which is a tremendously simple way to, to get more calories in a person. So when you put the love and attention into it, you shape it, you form it, people eat more. Yeah. And that's the whole goal here. Yeah. And, you know, I know long-term care gets a bad knock because of weight loss or other issues, but these are just simple things you can put into place and have it happen. One of the spouses of one of our, our people is a five-year head and neck cancer survivor. He was guinea pig for a lot of this. And he would tell us it was good or it was bad. <laughs> and he's not afraid to tell us either. Yeah. yeah. He really provided a lot of... Together, that that pair provided a lot of input on things. And in particular, because ITSI is very, well, they pointed out the obvious, that bread is is a choking hazard. And that it's very, it's something we all love. It's something we want to have part of our lives. And yet it's this um, problem because it becomes a sticky mass. And it can, it's found in a lot of case reports of um, people who, who asphyxiated. Yeah. So also during this process, that was one of the things the team worked on was could we find a bread? And they created a bread recipe that, that's included in here that is kind of like an egg souffle. Okay. That's that's my description. You you grind down the bread into crumbs and then you include some egg and some thickener and some stock and you puree it together and then you put it in. You can put it on a tray or <laughs> we created these little silicone forms that are shaped like a bread. Yes. Yeah. A slice of bread that you can put 
put the dough in and bake it, and then it'll look like a piece of bread. So again, if you looked at one of the sandwiches or recipes in there, you'll see something that looks like a sandwich. And that's what we were doing is we were putting the bread yeah. in there, and then it opens up other opportunities, French toast or pancakes or you know, it all depends on what you start with. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that my, my son's been progressing really well with eating and, and swallowing. And so we had a babysitter this weekend that was just, you know, she, she's getting more comfortable. She's been in touch with our SLP about, you know, trying some more challenging meals for him. Yep. And she sent me a picture and she said, I made him French toast. And she's like, but he's not really, my son's really good about if he doesn't think he can swallow, he'll spit it right out. Yep. She's like, he's not really chewing it really well. And I was like, ah, like, I'm so glad that you tried that with him. I said, but bread is one of the toughest things for him or for anybody with, you know, swallowing impairments to to chew or swallow. And she's like, I didn't know that. I was like, it's okay. I was like, I gave you the green light to, you know, yeah. something yeah. soft. And so, but yeah, I, I'm glad you said that because that was one of the things that, that came up. So. Oh yeah. It's, and it's something we eat so much of. Yeah. And it's just. Everybody finds it hard to believe. That's why in a lot of webinars I do, it's always take out a piece of bread, put it in your mouth. Now try and chew this yeah. without using your teeth. Just use your tongue and you'll see it becomes a sticky ball. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very difficult. So, and it, it's really good. Your son has the the knowledge and the reflex yes. to, no, 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 I'm going to spit that out. So yeah. this, this recipe makes a very delicate bread. It tastes like bread, yeah. and, but it's, it's that soft, like eggy souffle thing. And we think it passes level four tests. Um, it might have too much structure under the formal itsy definitions, but again, that depends on whether you bake it or you steam it. Yeah. Um, we found steaming makes it a little moister and a little softer. Interesting. Let, let me ask you, John. So you, I, I just love this whole thing. I, you know, I remember you telling me that you had your sales guys doing this during COVID and, you know, I, I loved it. I think it thought it was brilliant. But I loved everything that you sort of found. You know, you guys were looking at different food processors, different blades, all that stuff, really trying to get down to, you know, the nitty gritty of this. But did you have any conversations with any like researchers while you guys were doing this? Because I'm really fascinated, like if this changed some perspectives of some people that sort of created these ITSY models or if there's things that they didn't think about or, or consider. We haven't really talked to researchers. There's not a lot of research going on in the food end of the world. We Certainly we're checking with people in facilities and checking our findings and talking to them about our solutions, making sure and, you know, double checking it. Um, we were giving webinars during this whole time and we would tell people about these techniques and we would do it and show them. And then we would just get lots of positive feedback. So we knew that what we were, what we were developing and the techniques we were developing were being very well received, even by professionals. Yeah. So getting it all together in one resource to make it suitable for people at home or again, we've had small facilities that they're like, you know, we only have one or two people on yeah, and, and not all the time. So we're just going to keep your cookbook around and when we need it, we're going to use it. Yeah, And we didn't expect that. Um, a lot of the techniques and things, you know, we just pass on to customers and they start using them. Yeah. Um, and, and the whole key is that having that extremely thick liquid. I mean, I talked about it surprised me, it, it does two things. I mean, I talked about it absorbing liquids, but the other thing it does is that it lubricates when you're processing things down to the puree. So if you take meat and you put it in a in a food processor, it just grinds it up. Mm -hmm. And then it gets to a point where it really doesn't get that much smoother. It's just kind of pushing around dry grains of sand and you're just not going to get much farther. And you just put in a little bit of liquid, that extremely thick sock, and it just, it 
you can hear the change in the food processor as you do it. And it just becomes this light, fluffy, processed meat. And it tastes great. I mean, you can season it. You can do whatever you want with it. And that extremely thick liquid is really the key to just taking it that last step. And if you use the thin liquid, you can have it running out. You don't have that that cohesion going together. And, you know, we just keep big squeeze bottles around, you know, we shake it up and have extremely thick stock and just squirt it in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what just got me thinking because I know for my son, we're just always trying to get more protein in him. And I just was thinking of, I started using more bone broth actually just as yep. protein to just liquefy some things. I hope his SLP is not listening because she told me that we need to be challenging him more. So <laughs> sorry, my friend, but yeah, I'm, I'm outing myself here. Um, yeah, that, that's the problem with a public <laughs> forum like this, right? <laughs> I know. I know. I promise we're challenging him. I promise. Um, but yeah, that, that's definitely a good solution is to keeping some of the, some of the bone broth thickened. Cause I would use that, you know, I would just use that right out of the fridge to just, yeah. you know, when I do puree some of this stuff. So what I, what I like to do, cause I'm just such a, I don't know. I don't like to just throw everything in a bowl. Cause I think then it just gets to be too many mixed consistencies. So let me defend my public outing. I just did. Like I like to sort of puree the meat for him because I know that's really tough and it's important for him to get his protein. But then I, he'll eat it on like a piece of toast or something like that. So it is harder for him to eat and it is more challenging and he is using his, you know, feeding him swallowing muscles. But then we also know that he's still getting the nutrients too. So that's the method right. of my madness, whether everyone likes it or not. That's, that's where we're at. So see all, all these techniques and, and tips. They fall into a lot of different categories because yeah. you're obviously not doing like a straight itsy diet. No, no. But We're, yeah. It's still applicable because right. these are the things. How do you make a good puree? It, it's good stuff. Yeah. The thing for him is mostly like we work very closely with a dietitian just because he's so underweight. So most of it is it's this delicate balance of piling on so many calories, but in a way that he can manipulate and eat safely. So that's sort of you know, we're on that end of the spectrum as opposed to more of like, you know, the aspiration spectrum. It's more of the chewing, feeding aspect plus getting all the bulk, you know, calories and nutrition that he needs. So. Right. And that's, that's sometimes the challenge in our business, right? Is you have people on different ends yeah. with different needs, but the same thing can fix it. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the other things that we're like super proud of on this is, is we worked really hard on pasta. Oh, awesome. Pasta is a, it's starch. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it, it's a grain, it's wheat, it's it, and it just gets thick. And I spent a lot of time doing a lot of different research on different solutions to this. And we came up with a technique. And, and again, a lot of what we do is, is just, we got a technique, we'll throw it out there and, and see. And this has been very well received. We boil the heck out of it. Basically, the strategy is to get rid of as much of the loose starch as we can. So we start out and we boil it in at least twice the amount of water and just to get out as much starch as we can. And then we immediately chill it when we get done cooking it. It's a long process, but it works. And we chill it to stop all that starch converting and to stop the oozing of the starch out of the shapes. And then we chill it for... So we get it down to refrigerator temperature. So if you do an ice bath, you know, maybe a couple hours, if you want to just put it in a bag and put it in the fridge overnight, which is my favorite way because it's lazy, then you come back the next day and you puree it with milk and butter and you puree it cold. And again, the idea is to release as little starch as possible so it doesn't get thick. And then uh, we put it in 
put it in a pastry bag and heat it up or heat it up and put it in the pastry bag. And then you can, with the pastry bag and just a tip, you can make it look like spaghetti or you can make it look like other shapes. And it, at least if you get enough milk in there and you cooled it off and you don't overheat it, you don't get a lot of starch out, it'll pass Etsy testing for 15 to 30 minutes. And that's what you're looking for, especially in a home situation. Yeah. And when I was doing some of this stuff, you know, we're all doing this at home and I made this spaghetti and I took some sauce and I thickened it um, and I made some meatballs and I put it all together and I put it on a plate and my 16 year old at the time took a bite and he said, it's not bad, dad. And I was like, that's like the ultimate compliment from a 16 year old, right? Right. right. It's not terrible. Yeah. Pureed spaghetti and meatballs. And he ate it and thought it was, it was just fine. And I was reminded as I was talking about that, that there's other just tips and techniques that come out as you get into this world. Um, like spaghetti sauce. That's something where we all would look at it and just naturally say, Oh, that's a level four. No problem. Did you know that if you put most pasta sauces on a plate, it's going to leak? Well, I was going to say out. some of them it's are different. Spread. Some of them are thicker and chunkier and some of them are very a lot more well, like. Yeah, you have, you have the mixed consistency issue, but yeah. most of them don't hold together. Like the thin liquid will run out of it. Same thing with applesauce. You're going to find that if you use applesauce, if you put that on a plate and you look at it, come back 10 minutes later, you're going to have a pool of thin liquid around it. These are little things that are easy to solve once you identify them. In both cases, you just add a little bit of thickener to them. And, you know, if you have a chunky sauce, puree it and add some, add some, um, thickener to it or extremely thick stock if, if you prefer, but I think thickener is a little more direct yeah. in that case. And then, Applesauce, we do the same thing. We do those demos just to show people, look around you, pay attention to your condiments, don't assume anything, use your test methods. We were gifted a set of wonderful test methods. Um, and all of it, again, falls back to that clinical decision-making and that conversation between um, the speech therapist and the family and deciding what's the right diet so we can get the most calories in the person as safely as possible. Yeah, I just I think of so many, um, when I did home health, gosh, was that maybe 10 years ago? I just think of so many of my home health patients that I would have loved to have done this with, you know, cause right. it, I, I, I love home health. I have such a, such a soft spot for home health because it's just, it's so functional. Right. And a lot of the times that, you know, the patients would say, well, I, this is my favorite dish to make. Can I still make this? Can I still eat it? Can my husband still have it? And so I just think of so many times that I wish, you know, we did have access like to this cookbook or something like that to be able to, you know, Hey, well, let's make it and let's test it and let's see if that is something or if we can find you an alternative. So. I'm sure this cookbook is wonderful in so many settings, but I'm really feeling such a pull towards so many home health SLPs being able to utilize it. Yes. Uh, they'll be able to, to get it. They'll learn the techniques. They'll be able to share it with their, the families they're working with. Yeah. And, and share the techniques or have them get the book themselves and all that kind of stuff. So the, the idea was to build this resource kit, put it together in one place and share all these little tips and, and things that as we're talking, they keep popping into my head. Yeah. Because it, it's just like most things. Once you get an expertise in it, you forget all the things that are just wonderful that that you've figured out over time that are easy solutions, and and that's part of uh, you know part of our whole process was you know we had a lot of fails. <laughs> this was not like a linear process. So there's a lot of things we know not to do, <laughs> but you don't write those in a cookbook necessarily. But part of that was okay we found a way through the forest and we're not going to tell you that these are the only ways to do it we just put them together in one concise way and shared them with them and and we're not done either i mean there's more things like we were working on rice as we were getting close to finalizing the document and 
And I just said to, to people, I'm like, we're just not going to have time to put it in there. Yeah. And so now we have some solutions for rice. Those will probably be more posted on the website type of things or send an email to us and ask. Yeah. And um, I, I think I saw it a couple of weeks ago because one of the things we've been trying to do is trying to figure out ways to make this accessible to, to families. By accessible, I mean showing them because a lot of people are visual learners in today's environment. So like on the cookbooks website, we're going to take a bunch of the videos I've made over the last year and we're just going to kind of categorize them by level. So you're going to have like minced and moist videos together and the period videos together and things like that. And they're kind of disparate because, um, don't ask me why, but finally a year ago, I just, I started doing TikToks one a day and I either make a food or I thicken something and people like it. Yeah. I get the nicest compliments from people and I'm like, really? I just, I love this about you, John, knowing you, I just, I, Putting John Hollihan as a TikTok star is about the most like opposite ends of the spectrum, but I I love that so much. So, yes, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it it just yeah. And, and it was one of those things like I've been listening to somebody who just kept saying, you know, you just got to do it and yeah. try it. And honestly, I started on TikTok because I figured if if it was a big failure and it was a disaster, then I wouldn't be disrupting any of our other social media yeah. platforms. Yeah. <laughs> And then my marketing people started grabbing the videos off there and putting them on our Instagram and our Facebook and stuff like that. I was like, well, okay, they must, they must like them. And I'm just showing people how to mix things. And, and to me that, that seems rather boring, but I keep forgetting that from a new customer's perspective or a new patient's perspective, this is very helpful just to see how easy it is. And as much as I can tell people to just show them and I do like single cut three minute videos and in those three minutes, um, I start with the thin liquid, I add the thickener, I mix it, I test it. And usually I'll taste it too. And that way people can see it. It's very simple. So even if I'm doing a food, I've done minced and moist, I've done purees, all of that again, under three minutes. These are very quick things when you have it all set up and you know it and you have the techniques down. Yeah. So it, it's a very, very enjoyable type of process. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, John. I think, you know, as someone that, we do battle so many, you know, medical complexities with my son and so many different, just so many different things. Right. And like when, when we talk to a new provider or something and, and somebody else throws something else at us, I just get this thing in my, like my chest gets tight. Like it's just one more thing that I have to figure out. And like, it's a lot, you know, it's, it's a, it's a lot mentally. It's a lot emotionally. It's, it's a time investment that I have to sort of figure out. Like we're, we're battling something else right now. And it's just a lot of creams and lotions and gels and things like that, that, that I have to figure out the correct proportions and amounts and all that stuff for. And I literally said that I was like, I wish I could just like watch someone do this because it's not clicking for me. And I think it's twofold. I think we're, we're in this time now where people it's, we're sort of programmed to be able to just pull up a video and learn how to do things. But then also as the caregiver perspective, sometimes these things are just a lot, like just a lot emotionally to deal yes. with. So if someone can just, I'm, I'm always willing to do obviously anything I need to for my son, but it's, it's just very time consuming to learn that methodology. So, you know, I, I, I thank you for doing that stuff because I think it just helps so many caregivers that want to help their family members. And they want, of course, everybody wants to do things, you know, according to doctor's orders or, you know, therapist recommendations, but it's just a lot to, to navigate sometimes. And you're at a distinct advantage. I mean, you're yeah, in this right, field. Right, right. 
So it isn't nearly as bad for you as it would be for somebody else. Yeah. People will say that to me, like, you understand the system. Can you imagine if you were somebody that didn't understand the system? And I'm like, no, I like, I probably wouldn't do it then. You know, I'm being honest. It, it sometimes things just get too much depending on how many things you have going on. So I think this is wonderful. I think it's, it's awesome that you're doing this. I think the cookbook's amazing. I think the videos are so helpful. I think TikTok is hysterical, but I love that you're doing it. So yeah. And one other thing we're trying to do for people and, and, Please tune in because if we don't start seeing it be valuable to people, I can see where it might fade away is right now we're doing, trying to do twice a month, um, live streams. Okay. Uh, lunchtime on a Friday. We just, we're calling it lunch with Simply Thick. Cool. And we'll show you, we'll show you some food we made. Yeah. Maybe we'll show you us making it, but mostly we're there to answer questions. So if people have questions or they want to know about how to do something, this is a great place to come and have that live interaction right away. You don't have to send an email to a company and hope somebody's going to respond or call and talk to somebody who may or may not know. You have people who know what they're doing and people who helped contribute to the cookbook and are versed in these techniques that can answer the questions for you. Yeah. So it's sort of like live office hours, essentially. You can just show up. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I I had no idea you guys were doing that either. So cool. Well, you know, we only have so much of a social media impact and and we're trying it out. We've done three or four of them. And, uh, you know, it produces good content for future social media, but at the same time, you know, we're just trying out different things to make ourselves available because again, it's that education, it's handing out, it's providing the information and everybody's human. I, I have found on TikTok that it it gets a little tiring answering the same question over and over again. So I understand FAQs, but, you know, but all these people are new. So to them, it is a legitimate question. So having to answer the same question a couple hundred times, that's just kind of what you have to do to help people and remember it. So we're trying out these different vehicles and, and what's available. So the live stream, I think it's on Facebook, YouTube, and Insta. I don't know if we have Instagram hooked up yet, yeah. but you know, we're trying to spread it. So we get on all the platforms at once. Cool. Um, and then we kind of advertise it before it happens, but it's like the first and third Friday of the month at one o'clock central. Awesome. And again, the idea is really, it can be, healthcare professionals who have questions or it can be people at home who just have basic questions. Cool. And we just want to make ourselves available, support all this stuff and share our expertise. Yeah. And and really make it available to people. And, you know, we're happy to promote other things too that people are doing. Uh, you know, throughout this process, we've done crazy things. I mean, we created a cutting board even that has the itsy shapes on it and the oh, itsy fun. test methods. We call it an itsy training. Yeah cutting board because then people, people can cooks get it right away. But somebody like me at home, I need those minced and moist squares on there. So I cut it the the right size every time. Or, you know, Peter Lamb came out with his itsy funnels. Yes. He gave me one of those. Yes. We, we put those on our, I told Peter and I might've been a little crazy. I was like, Peter, okay, if you get these things produced, I'll make sure there's a market for them. And so we sell them and, you know, I'm not making any money selling Itsy funnels. They're, they're expensive to buy and then we have to ship them. So we sell those mostly as a service to the industry and we've been offering them for, I, I don't know, nine months or something, six months. And there's 20 or 30,000 we've shipped out, cool. but still a lot of people haven't seen them or used them. And, and trust me, if your audience doesn't have them, just get some. I, I it, it took like two times using it and I'm like, Oh, I'm never using a syringe again. Yeah. Unless you make me. I mean, really, it just, it's so easy because you can pour in the top and you can run the test super quick. 
and all these tools were trying to put them together in one place where somebody at home can just get their hands on them and, and they can know how to use them. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Where can people get the cookbook, John? Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's available on Amazon. It, okay. It's, it's an Amazon published book. So, uh, that's the only place. Uh, we have a website, moderndysphagiacooking.com. That's where we'll, we'll have the videos up at, at some point in the next few months. We have our IT people working on that right now. And then you click through there. Um, if you go to that website, the click just takes you right to Amazon. And I think on your stuff, there'll be a, a link too, right? Yep. Yep. We're going to post it. And uh, I sent you a cookbook to give away to your fans, right? I got it. Yes, we will. I, I'm thinking, yeah, this episode will air in June during Dysphagia Awareness Month. So we will do a, we'll do a giveaway of your cookbook and also my book as well. So. Okay. And ours is autographed by all four authors. I saw that. Yes. So it's, it's one of the first 25 that were printed. What? All right. Well, somebody lucky will get it. Yep. I'll, I'll buy my own, John. <laughs> okay. Well, I appreciate yes. it. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much. Any, do we, do we cover anything? Anything else you want to share with the people? I, I think, I think we covered it. You know, I'm looking at my notes here and, and, you know, if they have questions, reach out, ask us. Yep. We're awesome. We're happy to share information and just help people because at the end of the day, it really is all about the patients and helping people get the food and the nutrition in their body. Um, we may have some techniques. Uh, there's nothing special in them. Like I said, it's, it's level four liquids. If you have a level four liquid, you get another way than the way we suggest, that's fine. The technique's still going to work. But at the end, we're all trying to help the patients at the end of the day, right? Yep. Yep. Awesome. Thank you, my friend. Always appreciate you. Hey. We'll make sure to put all these links up in the show notes. So. Okay. Greatly appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Teresa. Thanks, John. And that's a wrap for this episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to download the show notes from this episode, please visit swallowyourpridepodcast.com. There you can also sign up for our email list so that you'll never miss another episode. If you do like what you hear, then please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or share it on social media with your friends and colleagues because that is what keeps these episodes coming. If you'd like to be a guest, share feedback, or request a topic to be discussed on the show, please email podcast at teresarichard.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week.